Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download today using code PHNX and bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, they win t- you win $200 in free bets. It's just that easy. It's episode 31. We're in the goalie number zone. I got oh, you Curtis put me on the Joseph, Aiden Hill. Look at it. I came prepared with that one Thank today. Thank goodness you did because I didn't. Nice. <laughs> I'm I'm Leah Merrill, joined by Steve Peters and Craig Morgan. As always, how's everyone doing today after another Coyotes loss last night? Uh, yeah, uh, tired, tired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I imagine that's how they're feeling, but I know they're heading back to the rink to start trying to correct some of the issues they had last night. Yeah, yep. I, I wonder about that too. Like when when you start getting into into this grind a little bit, and they're about to go on the road. How hard do you push them today, Petey? You know, they got a, a, a day of practice. They play on Saturday against the Islanders. They fly out on Sunday, and they play on Monday uh, against the Panthers. Yeah, you know, and it, different coaches have different philosophies on that. I think it's a lighter day today. It's a flush day. It's not a it's not a work day. I and mean, you'll go over some film. You'll do some light drills on the ice. I don't think they'll be on the ice for very long. I'd be surprised. Um, probably some special teams, some flow drills, and they'll get off just to get back on the ice today, get their medical treatments done today, and start getting ready for the New York Islanders. Well, last night Edmonton was in town and there's quite a few familiar faces on that team, both on the ice and on the bench, Um, former Coyotes coaches and players. And that's going to be the theme of today's episode. We're going to be checking in on former Coyotes around the league. Um, And we're going to start with and just see how everyone is is doing. And we're going to start with Edmonton since they were just here last night. Um, Of course, Dave Tippett, head coach of the Oilers was a longtime head coach of the Coyotes, um, Jim Playfair as well. And then on the ice, Brendan Perlini and Kyle Turris were part of that team. Um, initial, initial thoughts? I mean, I know you both had a r- relationship with Dave Tippett, PD. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing when you see old faces come back through the arena, whether it's players or coaches, and you see a guy like Kyle Turris who – got drafted by this organization. You know, he went off to Wisconsin to play and then started his NHL career here. He was just a kid. And you see him now as, as, as a veteran, maybe on the waning years of his career in a different role, playing a different style. Um, it, it is, it's interesting. And, and I thought, you know, he, he played okay minutes. He, he ate minutes last night, but he's not the dynamic player, I think, that he was drafted at by the Arizona Coyotes. And Brendan Perlini as a player, 
<sighs> you just you never knew what his ceiling was and you always wanted more from Brendan Perlini a wonderful kid I just always felt he'd be he'd rather be watching soccer on TV than playing the game of hockey it just I was always like that was the secondary thing to him um wonderful human beings both of them they're they're great to be around they're really good teammates um but you look at the coach Dave Tippett and and there's there's when you see that look on his face during the entire game, it, it it brings back all those memories of him sitting behind the Coyote bench in the exact same manner, the same face. You'd never know if he's up 10 to 1 or down 10 to 1. That The Dave Tippett always face. finding his teeth but behind those lips, right? So. Yeah, he's got that that scowling look that everything, like the world's going to collapse. It's just, and, and, and they were winning. And again, that's Dave Tippett. And he just, it makes me laugh to just to see his, that's his demeanor. It's, it's, it's how he coaches. He's an even keel level guy um and you know what he's got a pretty good hockey team right now so i'm really happy for him yeah i, I always think about you know when, when tip was here the the coyotes had anything but elite number one centers on their roster marty hansel was their number one center marty hansel was a good player but it was probably best suited as a number three center in a lineup or maybe a number two um now he's got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel, two two of the best players in the world. So talk about going from the outhouse to the penthouse. It's a and and you remember the narrative that always followed him here. Well, Dave Tippett doesn't know how to coach offensive teams. Well, you coach yeah. to your players. He he coached offensive teams in Dallas and and they scored a lot of goals. He just didn't have that sort of skill here, so they had to play a different style. But now he's got yeah. those difference makers. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do. Is you know once they finally surround them with enough depth and talent and I think they'll be uh, active at the trade deadline Dylan Holloway is probably going to join that team sometime around winter and some of the other guys are progressing they'll be an interesting team to watch this year definitely and uh, both Kyle Turris and Brendan Perlini so far have zero points in four games with the Oilers this year so. playing on a line together on the fourth line yeah 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 two, two to I, I obviously caught up with him for a, a long while I, had, I talked to him this summer as well he played a year in the Swiss League because he was out of the NHL after the Coyotes traded the Blackhawks. He bounced around from there to Detroit, and then he was out of the league. Former Coyote Mario Kempe helped him get a contract over in the Swiss League, but he always wanted to come back. He trained in Arizona this summer. Tip still has a house here. They they ran into each other. They talked, and it led to this. Tip said he had a great camp, and and now he's playing for the Oilers, You know, obviously probably hoping for a bigger role than he's got right now, but we'll see where it goes. He's back in the NHL. Well, Craig had the chance to catch up with Brendan um, at the at Oilers morning skate yesterday. So let's send it over to that interview, um, Craig, with Brendan Perlini. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about how, how it came about, first of all? I know we've talked in the past. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in, in summertime, um, was really like there was there were a few teams, uh, you know, kind of kind of in the mix and. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, I think we had talked about, you know, the opportunity here with Tip and stuff, being previous coach before, so it was, um, I had reached out to him. He was actually in the area at the time I was out here training, and so we met up, and yeah, it, was, it just kind of, uh, you know, I felt pretty comfortable with, mm-hmm. you know, what he was saying, um, you know, obviously the team, just the opportunity in general, so... Um, yeah, that, that was the whole thing, right? We were, we were talking about before what's what's going to be opportunity-wise somewhere where I could potentially come in and, and help out. And um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty good so far. So. What's the role so far? 
Yeah, so we've been playing, uh, you know what, uh, it's been a good little line, myself, Kyle Terrace, and, and Shore. Um, we've been playing, you know, low minutes, but um, any way that we can we can help out, obviously, Kyle Terrace is former 30, 40 goal scorer. And and, former Coyote as well. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, and Shore's a great player in his own right, too, so it's it's one of the, the better, you know, fourth lines, I guess you can call it, I've, I've ever played on, and um, yeah, our, our role right now is just, you know, bring energy for the guys and, you know, create some space and, and try and put them on their heels for, for the next guys. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty good, obviously. We've had a good start, 3-0 and and stuff, and, uh, yeah, look to, look to keep her going. Um, I know you've, this is not the first time you've seen the Coyotes, but after being away so long, is it, yeah. is it odd to be back in this building? Is it special in any way? Does it bring back any memories? Um, I mean, yes and no. Like, again, it's... You know, it's another another team, another mm-hmm. game, right? It's we play 82 games, so it's a, a lot of different teams you're seeing. But uh, yeah, it's always cool to come back, see familiar faces like yourself and some other people too. And last night, getting able to uh, kind of get out and around and, and see a few people, and um, it's it's amazing like where time goes too because it felt like I was just here in summertime training, <laughs> and then it's like yeah. boom, you know it goes quick and you're back and you're like oh it's almost november already so um yeah time time really does go quick and um but to answer your question yeah it's always always nice to be back in the sun for sure just uh, when you when you look at your entire career uh, it, it probably as we talked about it didn't take the path that you imagined yep. but are you in a good place with all of it now yeah definitely um you know i, I think i think the more you can you know realize that everyone's everyone's lives are different and it's not always you know things don't always work out the way you want it or the way you plan the perfect path that's life that's life so the the more you know you can just kind of roll with the waves so to speak where uh, you know things happen and you know whatever does happen you still come to come to the rink with a smile on your face or whatever you're doing try and enjoy it and be grateful you know what i actually uh, i want to give a, a quick shout out to my brother because he actually uh, he went through something uh yesterday uh, well i guess two days ago uh he's in the hospital right now so i want to give a, a quick going shout out to okay? him yeah I, I can't really say too much okay. to be honest but uh you gonna be okay for He's gonna be all right, uh, but life is mm. comes comes quick, and you never know uh, what what's gonna happen out there. So um, yeah, I just wanted to yeah. give a quick shout out to him. Last thing I'll ask you, I know you guys got a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. Is it weird playing for this guy again? <laughs> no, it's it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, it uh, it's not deja vu in a way, but it's it's cool. Like we, I had such a great relationship the first time you know that's what like i said why i think things have have worked out well and um yeah it's it's good i mean we he's he's very straightforward so i i really respect that and it's you know lets you know good bad whatever you know where you're at and what you can do to help or not help so to speak and um no it's it's been very good yeah interesting talking to him you mentioned this pd you know uh, I don't know that I agree entirely that he'd rather be watching soccer. It's what I would say about Brendan Perlini from my interactions with him is that hockey didn't consume him. It wasn't the only thing that was important to him in life. He had a lot of different interests. He's always had this 
sort of world perspective. He told me the reason he's he's wearing 42 is because he saw the, the Jackie Robinson movie 42 and he just gained so much respect for him. Now he's wearing the jersey number. But yeah, he has a lot of interests outside hockey. He's again, he's he's a guy who enjoys life. He enjoys a lot of the things that life has to offer. So yeah, it wasn't always just about hockey. And sometimes sometimes you need that to be a great hockey player. You need to be completely consumed by the game. But Man, when you talk to Pearls, and I've talked to other writers who had him, like uh, Mark Lazarus in Chicago, everybody will tell you he's just one of the most interesting guys you can ever interview because you can just you can just riff on any of a variety of topics, and he's right there with you, fascinating to talk to. Yeah, and also we just want to send best wishes to his brother who is um, currently in the hospital right now. So on behalf of all of us here, um, sending our well wishes to him and his family. Um, and you also had the the chance to catch up with Dave Tippett as well. And he touched a little bit on um, Perlini and, like you said, how he had a really, really great camp. Um, talked a bit about his memories coaching here. Um, how, was, how was catching up with, with Tip, Craig? It, it's always great. I, listen, I, I, I stay in touch with him. I'm sure Petey does too. So it's not like he comes in in town and this is the first time I've talked to him. But you know, it's nice to do it face to face. You don't get that opportunity very often. He's he's always engaging, and I I covered the guy for a very long time, so I like to think that I developed a pretty good relationship with him. Yeah, we touched on a number of topics, and I think we have audio from that too, right? So we can yeah, let, let yeah let's let's send it over to Craig's interview with Dave Tippett. Good start. Yeah, good start. We you know it's a typical start. There's always things you you got to do better as a team, but we're found ways to win games, which is all right. You like your depth a little better? Yeah, our depth is is better than it has been. You know, when you add add players like like uh, Hyman yeah. and Fogel and Ryan, they're good NHL players, and then you couple that with the growth of, of Puliarvi and the growth of uh, uh, Yamamoto and Bouchard. Like we we got we got our depth is better. I've never asked you this straight up, but what is it like coaching two elite talents like that with McDavid and Dreisaitl? Well, it's it's from a coach's perspective, it's great to have people like that in your arsenal to use because they they can not only can you play them in a lot of situations, they really excel in a lot of situations. So, and I'm very fortunate that they're both highly motivated. Like they're good people. They they want to play hard. They want to win. They understand we have to play as a team to win, and uh, so it's it's a pleasure to coach them. Sometimes you get caught watching them now and then, you know. But uh, but I, I, I give them kudos. They're top top players, but they they really have the team first attitude, and that's as a coach, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, a luxury you never had around here. I wanted to ask you about coaching a couple of uh, former Coyotes. You got Kyle Turris and Brendan Perlini on yeah. your roster, which is. It's just bizarre to see. What first of all, let's start with Kyle. How was that gone? It's been good. Like, yeah. I had Kyle at a uh, at a world championship maybe five or six years ago, and he was really good. And then um, he got bought out for Nashville. We brought him in. Had a bit of a tough year last year, but has come back and he's played very well and had a great camp. And he's we've switched him over to the right wing, and he's been pretty solid for us. So it's good. Do you even yeah. revisit the past, or is that you, when he arrives, do you not even talk about? The Coyotes. No, actually, yeah. we, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, when I coached them with the World Championships, we talked about it a little bit, and then nothing, you know, there's just so much 
time in between those sure. here. here it's uh, it's a uh, long time ago for everybody, you know. Yeah. Oh, Pearls. His path clearly hasn't been what he envisioned. Yeah. As a no. It's, uh, I liked him. I liked him when we drafted him. He's a good player and just couldn't find his footing a little bit. I met with him when I was in Arizona this summer. He was down here training and just talked a little bit about where he's at. And I, you know, the conversation with him was very good and, and he seemed like a real motivated guy. We, I talked to Ken and, uh, and Keith Gretzky about signing him and we signed him and he came in and he had an unbelievable camp, really, really good camp. So he's, a, he's got lots of talent, you know, and uh, as of right now, it just looks like maturity factor is really kicking in for him. He's, he's, he's a big guy, skates well, got great skills, so it's... Uh, you know, we'll see where it goes, but it's uh, it's been really positive so far. Every time I've talked to him, he just seems so much more appreciative of yeah. the opportunity. Than, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Maturity, right? Uh, maturity, and that's and then you get a very motivated player, and that's what you're looking for. Hmm. I know years have passed now, with, but with the successes, with with the hard times, how do you view the the Arizona years now after all this time? Oh, great memories. You know, you just the memories are about the people, from players to coaches to people in the organization, how close a group we were in, in some tough times, you know, mm -hmm. tough times for an organization, how close everybody was and and everybody was pulling the same direction kind of thing, uh, you know, around the dressing room that it, it galvanized. We said that a hundred times, it galvanized our group and, and, you know, we had some real good years and so fond memories. So, Petey, one of the, one of the things that fascinated me uh, from this, uh, we we all knew that he kept his house. Actually, they got a new house in DC Ranch, a five bedroom house that he calls the family house. But he's building another place up in Flagstaff right now, and he was talking all about like the cost of lumber and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point of this all. He's going to have two homes in Arizona. It doesn't sound like Wendy wants to sell the one in DC Ranch. Um, there are other connections in the immediate area. When when Tip was still working for Seattle, helping them launch that thing. Where did the AHL franchise end up? It ended up in Palm Springs, nowhere near Seattle, which is what you like to do with your AHL franchise. But Palm Springs is very close to where Dave Tippett's houses are in Arizona. So that was convenient for him at the time. He absolutely loves living in the Southwest. And, and as he said in that interview, he has such fond memories and it's mostly focused around the people that he worked with, you know, whether it's the players or the coaching staff, guys like Petey. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, he's a guy that he's, you know, we talked about Perlini having some perspective. Dave Tippett does as well. I think there's other interests and things going on in his life. Hey, believe me, when he's coaching, he's all in. I, I don't want to, to say that he's not paying attention to his coaching duties, but but he also, you know, he, he's very, he's a family guy. He's got grandkids now and he's, you know, his career is coming to an end soon. And, and he's, you know, this contract is coming up in Evans since his last year there. What he does going forward, it wouldn't surprise me if that's it. If, if, if it's, you know what, hey, I've, I've done some great things in this league. I'm going to pack it up and let's head, head Arizona and um, spend time with my family. And the one thing that's interesting, his wife's from Minnesota and he's a Canadian boy from out west. And, th and I think that's what really got them up to Flagstaff. So they still get that sense of the green trees and, and the snow and have a little taste of winter without being too far from the sun and the golf courses. So I think they get the happy mix and um, looking forward to catching up with him soon.
Yeah, the happy place in Minnesota too, by the way. So they got houses all over. Yeah, well, his place, his summer cabin on the lake is on I don't know five six acres. I don't. It's not a summer cabin. It's not a cabin. All to us, exactly. Cabin's a compound. You know, the the bigwigs in in Canada, the bigwig hockey guys, uh, all call them cottages. And then you then you see the place you're like wait yeah that's what you call cabin. in, in Canada everyone has a cottage but not no but nothing is actually a cottage it's, it's a lake it's a giant lake house <laughs> yeah this thing is a compound for sure yeah that's, uh, that's pretty much how he described it yeah. getting that happy medium of weather here with Flagstaff and Phoenix that he's not getting in Edmonton I'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true you know what the other interesting thing about this and and we talked about this a little bit too having Kyle Turris reunited with Dave Tippett, it just just felt really weird given Kyle Turris's NHL beginnings. He was persona non grata around here early in his career. He did not make himself popular in that dressing room, including with people who are really easy to get along with, like the captain. So he did not set a good precedent for himself in the NHL. And Dave Tippett, of course, was the coach. But Tipp said he had him five or six years ago to the World Championship. They talked about it a bit. And he said, at this point, it's so far in the past. It's relevant now. It's it's behind them. So it's it's really interesting to see them reunited, though. Yeah, and to see Kyle Turris maturation over that time frame, too, that's what the difference is. He was a kid. He was a kid, and he had different expectations and different thoughts on, on where his career should be headed and what it should be doing. He had different voices than his head. And he's grown up. I mean, he, he's a good person, but he just had different vision for where he should be and what he should be doing than what the organization did at the time. So yeah. good luck to both of them. Well, we're on. We're talking about leaving one place and coming back. And speaking of leaving places that you're from, <laughs> Craig from Illinois yes. has his DraftKings pick of the week has to do with an Illinois NFL team. Craig, is, what is, is your? Shock what is, it's going to shock everybody because I always pick against the Bears, but they the the Bucks are a twelve point favorite over the Bears. It's in Tampa, but I I don't I don't see Tampa covering that. I think the Bears are going to I think the Bears are going to be that spread. So I'm going to go with the Bears this week. They're not um, going to win the game, of course, but the Bears think- plus twelve against the Bucks. I like it, Craig. Look at you, okay. the, yeah. Wow. We should make sure you get that sound bite, Craig. Think something positive <laughs> yeah. about a local town team in Chicago, right? You won't hear me doing uh yeah any anything associated with picking a game, and you yes. won't hear me picking for the Bears very often. So the DraftKings pick of the week: Chicago Bears plus twelve. I'm grabbing my phone as we speak and placing that bet on Craig. I'm all in too. Like in in, in poker, we put all your chips in. So this is it, Craig. I'm putting all my money on the on the Bears to cover. Well, we'll have to follow up with that one. And if you don't want to put your money on that bet, you can put money that DraftKings gives you, and you can get that money by signing up with the code PHNX and just bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets, and then you can take our betting adv- our non-expert betting advice um, and you know win, win yourself some money. Um, so that's the DraftKings Sportsbook <clears throat> app. Promo code PHNX, $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you get $200 in free bets. 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Look at that. All right. And speaking of good deals, right now, if you sign up for the annual membership 
at gophnx.com using the code coyotes20 coyotes2021 i don't know why i couldn't speak just now you'll get a 60 dollars gift card to the phnx locker so it's a great time to become a member get our coyote shirt thank you to everyone who sends us pictures of them wearing them at the game it's so great to see um yeah that's that code coyotes2021 when you're signing up for the annual membership of course being a member gets you access to all the stories at go phnx all of craig's stories access to the members only discord where we are chattering all day every day during the games you know we call our post-game show group therapy the discord you could argue is a similar similar vibe so a lot of perks to becoming a member at gophnx.com as well we should probably call it pack therapy <laughs> i like that what therapy? I like that. Pack. Um, Pack therapy. Look at that. that. That's why Petey. Craig's the creative brain here. But I don't know. I've heard Petey's Manscapes reads. Uh, I'm, I'm not even in that ballpark. Petey, are we going to get some uh, content behind, behind the paywall from you soon? Yeah, you know, we're, we're working on it. Actually, we got a little glimpse yesterday with the, the whiteboard breakdown. And that honestly just spurned itself because I was watching the broadcast going, where, where is that guy going? Like what, what's going on? And, and I think that's the kind of content we're going to try to get behind the paywall here real soon. It's, it's, it might not be tomorrow, but, but it's coming very soon. We're going to get some, some more breakdowns and some analysis of what's going on on the ice and what, what they can do to improve. It's coming. All right. Well, back to our subject of checking in on former Coyotes. We started with Edmonton. Recent former Coyotes, right? Yeah, recent because the list is Edmonton is recent because they were just here. Yes, the rest of these guys are recent. Literally, just played here. Yes. If we had done everyone, we would be here for hours. Um, So let's let's stay in Canada, um, and let's go with all the players here now on the Vancouver Canucks. Of course, Connor Garland and Oliver Ekman Larson. Connor Garland leads the Canucks uh, with two goals and six points. Oliver Ekman-Larsen, one goal, one assist, two points, and uh, 24 minutes and 34 seconds average time on ice for the Canucks as well. This one is a sore subject for a lot of Coyotes fans. I get a, We see a lot of tweets and stuff about people still feeling really yeah. stung about, about this one. More so, I think, for Garland than OEL. I think a lot of people thought OEL needed to move on. Um, I think OEL's pl- playing pretty well for Vancouver right now. He's driving offense. I've looked at some of his possession numbers. Those are good. As I mentioned in the notes, his expected goals is third on the team. That's a really good metric if you're looking for good analytics to follow. Um, so that, that, that means he's doing a lot of good things on the ice. Connor Garland, uh, man, to, to lead the Canucks in points right now, he's, he's bringing it. I, I don't know if you guys saw the Elliott Friedman <laughs> the, the the note on the Canucks, but it was basically like if you if you had any doubts about how much opponents hate Connor Garland, read this quote. <laughs> so Connor Garland is is clearly still getting under people's skin up in Vancouver, but he's also producing. So both these guys, I think, have have found some comfort so far with the Canucks. Yeah, you know, the reset for me, and I've had a chance to watch them play a few times, I, I think the reset for me has been most beneficial for Oliver. Um, his play, he looks three four years younger right now his feet look quicker he's more motivated he's driving their power play right now Quinn Hughes has been out of the lineup a little bit with um, some issues so um, he's getting that power play one time and he's commanding it like he looks really good he's defending fairly well for Oliver I mean there's still times early in his career he'd go into the corner and come out with the puck consistently now (laughs) he might let the he might let the opponent into the corner first and try to get this 
try to get the stick to get the puck um, off that player. Um, but they're both playing really well. Connor Garland, I think it's only going to get better for him. He still looks like he's trying to find his way in Vancouver. And I know with his numbers, they're great. Um, but he still doesn't have that that jam he had when he first got called up to Arizona. He's got to find that fire again. And it's hard to be hungry when you're full. And he's got a lot of things going for him and he, when he's reaching for a goal and he's trying to attain something i think he plays better um i hope he can find that there in vancouver they like what he's doing they just want to see a little bit more of that 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 drive into the net and driving through people he is a pest don't get me wrong absolutely yeah. is but i think there's still more there for Connor garland and they're both doing what they were expected to with to do in Vancouver. They're both well-liked with the team. The coach likes them. The team likes them. They're getting the minutes. I think that Vancouver team is going to be a pretty good team. I don't think they're there yet. You're, they're getting over some injuries, so they haven't had, and, and you know, Pedersen signed late, so they just haven't quite gelled yet, but that's going to be a good hockey team. So good for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's I, I personally like to see success of those guys. I mean, great guys in the organization um, for the Coyotes for a long time. So I wish them the best, of course. <clears throat> Sticking, let's just do all of our Canadian teams. We'll stick in Canada. We'll move over to the East, Toronto. Michael Bunting, two goals, three points, 14 minutes and 12 seconds of ice time. I mean, he's, he's had some success on, on a really deep uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team. Yeah, and when I look at former Coyotes from from last season, I think a lot of us probably thought that Michael Bunting was the most likely player to return. Um, you know, he had he had enjoyed all of his success. He had built his career down in the minors here. Finally, got his chance, and he he excelled, albeit uh, in a very sh- uh, small sample of games. But the negotiations didn't go well initially. He wanted a little more money than the Coyotes were going to give him, and then ultimately they opened it up. And he took less money than he was offered elsewhere to go back to Toronto. I know he was excited about playing in Toronto, playing in his hometown. But I think if if the Coyotes had come with a little bit more money initially, they probably would have kept Michael Bunting. So it's interesting how that all played out. Yeah, I think if you went to Michael Bunting today and said, hey, are you happier in Toronto or in Arizona? I think that would be a pretty easy question for him to answer. He's back home and, and anybody. But yeah. I don't care if you're a hockey player or you're an accountant. If if you want to live where your family and your friends are, there's something to be said for going home. Um, not all of us want that, by the way. It's really nice here in Arizona. Um, <laughs> but what bothers me about the Michael Bunting situation, and I know this is a positive show about where all these guys have gone and what they're doing. I still don't understand why he's not here. I think he's in the age range that he he could have been there and progressed his career along when when they got to the point where they're trying to win through the rebuild. I don't think the money that he was asking for was exorbitant. I mean, it wasn't asking for Clayton Keller or Connor Garland money. It was still pretty low end, you know, just just over a million, I think. Just over a million dollars right now for a forward. And then I look at signing Dimitri Jaskin for three and a half million. I can sign Bunting for a million or Dimitri Jaskin for three and a half. Yeah. Ah, so financially, I think it's a better, I think it's a better player. I think it's a guy that wanted to be here. Unfortunately, yeah. that didn't go well and he has gone. It is a great situation for him in Toronto because not only is he getting the ice time, getting the offensive opportunity, it's a pretty darn good hockey team. And they have an opportunity to win. They're in win now mode in Toronto, desperately in win now mode. So I think it's a great fit for Michael Bunting. I liked his energy here. I liked the way he played. I think he was another guy like Connor Garland that played hard when he was on the ice. He's a max effort guy. When he jumped over the boards, it's a guy you want in your lineup. 
I'm really happy for him up there, and, and I hope he has a great year for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Definitely another one of those players who worked their way up um, from Tucson and really earned their spot in the NHL. So as someone from Toronto, I, I love that he got to go back home. Um, I would love to go back someday as well, maybe in the in the far future. Get your cottage. Um, Get your yeah, cottage I, up there. My cottage. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll back. I'll retire at the cottage. Um, all right. Moving over a province to a very interesting situation in Montreal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Christian Dvorak. I mean, that was one of the the last moves made in the summer for the Coyotes. Christian Dvorak has one assist and is minus four in five games, which isn't really a surprising stat considering the fact that the Canadians are the last team with zero points um, at this point in the season. 0 and 5. 0 right? and 5. <laughs> so, one assist and minus four. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, I, I didn't have Montreal necessarily making the playoffs this year, but I didn't have them 0 and 5 after making a run to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, they, they need to finish in the 11th spot, Coyotes fans are thinking, so they can get that draft pick. But with Devo, Pedic, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm remembering Devo as a slow starter. So was this uh, maybe? Yeah, a- I think he is, but it, but it's not just him as a slow starter. This whole team is starting slow, and it's hard to to pull out an individual's effort when a team is struggling this bad, um, without a win, and the expectations were high coming off their Stanley Cup final performance. So I personally haven't seen him play, so I'm only looking at stat lines, and that's not a fair representation of what a player is doing there. Um, I, I know what kind of person and player is. He's a 200-foot player that works hard. That's the player they, they traded for, and I'm sure that's the player they're going to get. Um, yeah, he hasn't – the first 30 days of the season, for some reason, have been difficult for him, and then he gets into a groove, and that's when you'll start to see his numbers come up. So hopefully that's the same situation here. For sure. Well, moving out of Canada, we'll go uh, just south of the border. Let's go to Detroit, Jordan – Austerly, healthy scratch, all four games. Yeah, I, I heard talk about him. And listen, coaches will say this. It's not an indictment of his play. He could easily be in there. But that just feels like, uh, you know, stroking someone's ego just to, to make sure they're still engaged. Jordan Osterley hasn't found his way into the lineup yet for what is not a good NHL team. So you have to wonder about his role moving forward there. Yeah, his his play really tailed off after he had some concussion issues, and I think that really affected his play, some injuries that, that he had a difficult time coming back, back from. At one point in the bubble, he was he was the top defenseman f- for this Coyotes team in the playoffs, and I think the, the, I started to look at the upside and set the bar pretty high for him. And He's, he's a guy that if, if there's a way to get back in and compete and, and get a way to get back on the ice, he's going to do that. He works hard. He plays the right way. He can play 200 feet. He plays offense and defense, second pair power play guy. I hope he finds his way back into the league. Um, but I know he's got a lot more going on than just what's going on on the ice. So I, I want to make sure he's all squared away first, and then, then the hockey stuff will take care of itself. Yeah, I wrote about some of that personal stuff earlier. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier Oliver ekman Larson maybe not going into that corner first, maybe letting the other guy get there. I wonder sometimes, you know, when, when Oliver had the knee issues, if you get a little more tentative, do you think the same thing happened with Osterley where after he got that concussion, he was just a little more tentative? In his- yeah, he was. He, he, he definitely was. He, he didn't engage in the battles in the corners along the wall, and you have to do that. Unfortunately, he's an undersized defenseman that he, he, he physically couldn't do that kind of grinding in the corners. Um, so, yeah, I, I, 
I, I know he was a slower defenseman. His decisions didn't be made as quickly as he used to make them. He just didn't look like the same player. And it's, it's unfortunate because he had just really started to find himself when he got hurt. So I hope he can get back to the way he was. And, you know, if he can't, I just want him to be happy. For sure. So uh, we'll, we'll stick on the East. Let's go to Philadelphia. Derek Broussard, a goal and five points in three games. Tied for second. <laughs> yeah, right. So, tied for second in points with Ironman Keith Yandel, also a former Coyote as well. I got to admit, when I watched Broussard play last year, there, you know, there were there were those one or two game stretches where he could contribute. But PD, I, I honestly, honestly thought he was pretty much done as an NHL player. Yeah, he he did have spurts last year where he was an important player. I I don't know over the length of the entire season if I noticed him as much as I would have liked to or had expected based on what he had done with other teams. But it's all about, you know, location, location, location. And he's got another resurgence here. And um, this Philadelphia Flyer team is a lot better team than maybe I thought they were going into this season um you know they, they have yet to lose in regulation they're exciting to watch they drive the net hard and i tell you what if keith andel isn't one of the funnest players to watch or root for in the national hockey league if they mic'd him up every game i'm watching <laughs> because he's yeah. he is i don't care if he's grinding the puck in the corner he's a happy happy positive human being and i would listen to that mic'd up section every single game I love it. Shane Doe used to call him the riverboat gambler for the style that he played. But I, I love that you're talking about the stuff that he says on the ice. One of the things that I love most about him, every time the goalie goes back to stop the yeah. puck. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I saw that. I read those quotes. The goalie said, are you saying thank you to me? He goes, yeah. He said, well, you're welcome. Like, it's great. <laughs> but that's, he, that's he, he knows it's a game. Like he gets it. Hey, I'm going to have fun doing this. Competes, works his ass off, but, but he's having fun. And what's wrong with that? You know, good, good on Keith Yandel. You know, Derek Burchard's a hardworking hockey player, and I hope he's found a home here in Philadelphia because they play a style that may be more conducive to the way he wants to play. Yeah, good story. For sure. Yeah, that's it's really awesome to see. Um, la- last team on the East, we have Auntie Ranta um, mm. in Carolina, and he has not yet played a game with the Hurricanes. Francis has played all three games, so we'll have to wait and see on Auntie Ranta whether he can resurrect his career a little bit, really, it- prolong his NHL career because there's no guarantee that he's going to find another home if he can't. Does he get a start against the Coyotes on this road trip? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I almost got to throw him out there. That reason, but if you got to throw him in, do you throw him against a team that's struggling offensively and not uh, putting up numbers and you're worried about where anti Ranch is going to be in his first start? I I, maybe Sure. sure. I could see it happening. And, and who knows how he's going to perform. He had a lot of issues here with injury issues and his ability to put games together and have consistency. Um, we'll see. Time will tell there. He's not the number one guy. He knows it. And, you know, so he'll, we'll see how his career ends up. Can he play one out of every 10 and, and help keep that Carolina team in the game? TBD. Yeah. Well, we talked last night a lot about this giant road trip coming up for the Coyotes. Um, I'm sure that they are not favored in any of these road games on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. But of course, you can check that out for yourself on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And if you sign up using that promo code PHNX, place $5 on any NFL team and the team wins their game, you'll get $200 in free bets. So don't miss that offer. And there's another offer that you should not miss as well. Really? And that offer, PD is going to tell you all about. (sighs) 
support for the PHNX Coyotes podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PHNX. It's a full moon out right now, and Halloween is right around the corner. It has me thinking of one thing, werewolves. I dressed up as a werewolf in college, and trust me, just as hairy under the costume. Sorry, it was the 80s. But I didn't have access to Manscaped, and I didn't have access to the Performance Package 4.0 that includes the lawnmower with the electric skin-safe trimmer, the weed whacker, ear and nose trimmer, the crop preserver, the crop reviver, the magic mat, the travel bag, and a free pair of Manscaped boxers. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping. This last, this won't last forever. Have your partner howling at the moon this Halloween when your costume comes off. Forget the tricks. Give them a treat with Manscaped. <laughs> I was Manscaped. waiting. I was waiting for something that was going to, that was it. <laughs> hey, they can't all be gems. Like, they pretty much all have been PDS. Yeah, they have. <laughs> and so, so on to hockey. Yeah, how do how do you get out of that one, Leah? I know. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. I want to hear this transition. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> we'll, Blame you. We'll just uh, we'll just we'll just round out our uh, check. Hey. The coyotes, you howl at the games, howling at the moon. Darcy Kemper's in a hairy situation. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Wow. Yep. Darcy Kemper, uh, we'll we'll move over to the West. Uh, We got Darcy Kemper in Colorado. Not the start that I'm sure a lot of Avalanche fans expected or wanted um, from their team and from their goaltender that they gave up a lot to get. 3.79 3.79 goals against average, 0.890 save percentage. Not, not, a, not great stats. Uh, he he, he above average, which is another one of those. Yeah. It, I think most goalie stats are god awful. They're mostly team stats, but goal saved above average is one of those good analytics that you can look at. Look, the whole team isn't playing well right now. Who I, I didn't expect to see Colorado near the bottom of the standings at any no. point this season, but Darcy Kemper really hasn't helped them so far. Yeah, you know, we we said that he's going to have to be a guy that makes that big save. He did in the first game he played. Um, it hasn't happened since. Yeah, um, yeah, he he was giving up. He's giving up three and four goals a night. That he needs to make those saves. And if Colorado's going to win a Stanley Cup, Darcy Kemper's going to have to be average to slightly above average he doesn't have to be a world beater like he did here he just has to be a little bit better than he's playing now now having said that this team has not found their stride yet Colorado Avalanche are not playing like the Colorado Avalanche they're not coming out with those offensive outbursts McKinnon was out of the lineup for a while Um, Landis was suspended so this hasn't been the Colorado Avalanche that we saw at the end of last season so again pump the brakes relax deep breath Darcy Kemper is going to be fine Colorado Avalanche are going to be fine but he does need to play a little bit better and he does have to find his game. I still think he's got to be a guy that when we're talking at game 82, that he's still in the conversation for Vesna. Yep. It just isn't right now. No. Yeah. And he had that win in their first game um, followed by two losses. And then he did not start in uh, Colorado's loss last night. So it's not just on him. I mean, they lost without him too, but again, it's early. So. Hoping, hoping for the best for them because we have our our friends over at DNVR. We want to we want to see them be the Avalanche be successful. 
One goalie who is being successful, one of the three former Coyotes goalies from last season is Aiden Hill, who's put up some terrific numbers thus far. I think the Sharks are really playing well as a team right now, PD. They're playing well in front of him, but his number is 1.50 GAA and 932 save percentage. The goal saved above average is just 0.8. That Again, that tells me that the team is playing really well in front of them. I wonder what's going on with the Sharks. I, I had basically written them off. I had people telling me they could still be a playoff team. Maybe getting Evander Kane out of there is helping. I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much, but they're playing good. But we talked about that, Craig. We've talked about what an attitude in a room does. And and I tell you what, when guys get together and they play together as a, as a single unit, amazing things can happen. Is this San Jose's year? I, well, way too early to say. Like, I, I'm, Again, there's some teams. Buffalo is on the top of the standings right now. Do I think they'll be there? No. I, I still think San Jose is going to, you know, the, the Edmonton and Vancouver, or Vegas, excuse me, Edmonton and Vegas are going to go by San Jose. And we had them in that next group, you know, with, with, with Calgary and Vancouver and Seattle. Everybody's battling for that last spot in the Pacific. So is it a little bit of an aberration? Maybe. Um, do I think the locker room is probably a little bit lighter? There are probably guys in there going, hey, let's show we can do this without Evander Kane. Let's show ownership and manage, management we can do this. And so um, maybe there's some of that. But Aiden Hill was a guy. When you look at his body of work here in Arizona, he competed incredibly hard. And we used to have a joke in the locker room that all he does is win. Like those are the, he might win eight, six and it might be a barn burner, but, but he is going to compete and try to get you that W and that's all he needs to do in San Jose. He just needs to compete and get them some wins. Yeah. He's given, he's been given an opportunity for the first time here where he can, he can carry the mail for a while. And he's wanted this. And, And I know a lot of people around the organization felt he was ready for this. I wasn't, entirely convinced i'm not sure that the, the people in the goaltending department were con- convinced of it yet but some of his teammates connor garland was one of those who thought i think this guy's going to be a really good nhl goaltender he's getting the opportunity now we'll see what he does with it so far so good yeah and he's got that even demeanor and that we talked about the way he competes and and you know what it's not the first time you've heard this greg goalies are a little different aiden hill's a little different he just is mm-hmm. not not a bad way he's a unique individual but when he's in the zone, he competes. He never gives up on a puck. You're never completely out of a play. He might not make the prettiest save, but he sure as heck going to try to make it. Um, I, I Another guy I root for, and I, I wonder, as the Coyote season is four games deep right now, where we'd be if Aiden Hill was in that. And, and what, yeah, what different – we, we might still be – We might still be 0-3-1, but would it be 3-2? To, uh, I, I again, I don't know in speculation and hindsight all of those things, and that's why we're analysts and we're not inside the room. But I wonder what yeah. what, what that yeah. would look like with an Aiden Hill in that instead of twenty two goals against in four games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and would it make a difference? And does it matter? But what was that deal, Craig? Do you remember that Kojanesh was in the deal? What did they get coming back? Do you remember the trade? Third round pick. Yeah. So there you go. So that's again, it was that's again that's a. Uh, that's a pretty good haul, but if Aiden Hill ends up being, you know, no, it's a, a second round. Yeah, it's, I just looked. Round. I'm sorry, yeah, second round. Yeah, yeah, they sent yeah. a seventh and Hill for a second, so you get a second round pick. Yeah, and that's that's why we're all here. Folks. And then we'll, and then in years from now, we'll be doing all the trade trees, seeing like this trade is the reason this person is on this. Right. Oh my God! Can you imagine the trade trees on this, Leah, with this oh. many players? Oh, I that's... need like a whole conference. And we're gonna need room a series. To we're gonna need a wall. mini, and we're gonna need a mini series to cover them all. This guy was <laughs> traded for this guy. And that, oh my goodness, that's just more work for me. <gasps> oh, work, work, man. work. 
All right. Well, uh, last former Coyote from last year still playing in the league. We've got Alex Goligoski in Minnesota, um, two assists in three games, 19 minutes and 12 seconds average time on ice per game. Highest expected goals on the team. Yeah, really driving um, up, playing well. Yeah. I think that ice time, PD, I don't know how you feel about it, but I always felt like they had to play Goose a little bit bit more than they wanted to, that his minutes were a little too high here. This seems like a, a better number for him. Yeah, I think it is. I, I think it is, especially where he's at in his career. Um, it, this is a great for him, fit for him. Great fit. Playing with Jared Spurgeon, trying to guide him along similarly to what he did with Jacob Chikrin. Um, Jared Spurgeon's one to watch because not only is he fun offensively and does the right things uh, on the offensive side of the ice, the kid can defend. Like he's got a good stick. He reads the rush well. He's a smart, smart player. Um, that pair, <laughs> excuse me, that pairing together is outstanding. And I tell you, this early in the season, there's something special happening in Minnesota. I, I, I don't know what why if it's getting Parisian Suter out of the locker room I know they're rallying around the, the passing of Tom Curvers their their assistant general manager um they've got a, a real interesting group they've put together there and there's something going on in Minnesota like there's a feel like they were down the other night by by three goals to come back for a win in overtime after having a a, a an empty net goal disallowed for the Winnipeg Jets, which you never see because of offsides. Um, <laughs> totally changed the momentum of that game. They're undefeated. They're looking good. Um, they're going to be a team to watch right now in the Central. Yeah. That, Happy for right. Alex to, to, it's a cool story for him. You know, we've talked about the other players going home, but, you know, the, at, at the end of your career to have that opportunity, he, I know he, at first he said, you know, I never even liked the wild because they were always a, a competitor of ours. I actually didn't like the team, but the more and more uh, he thought about it, he, the more he warmed to that idea of maybe finishing his career with his hometown team. Yeah. I'm really happy for him. It's a good fit for him in a good city with a good team. So good, good things happening for goose. For sure. And last but not least, we have uh, Jason Demers still unsigned. Yeah, it's a tough one for JD. Um, I, I, I think he's uh not entirely happy with the situation. I, I think he felt like he got a little bit of a raw deal at the end of his Coyotes tenure with his role and how they viewed him and his opportunity. And it's probably impacting the opportunities getting right now. He's a right-handed defenseman. So you, you, you would think he would be able to find a home because they're just not that common in this league. And yet here he is still sitting unsigned. I, I you know, you hope for the guy at some point that he finds a home, but he's pretty much the only big name out there that, that that's left from, well, yeah, he is. He is the only one because we have, you know, there are lesser guys like Dryden Hunt and John Hayden, Tyler Pitlick, Lane Peterson, Michael Shapu and Aaron Ness have all moved on to some situation. Jason Demers isn't playing hockey right now. Yeah. And you wonder now, I know you talk about right-handed defensemen, but still you look at an organization, even like the Coyotes, and you talk about, um, you know, the right-handed defenseman that they have down in, in Tucson and, you know, Dyson Mayo comes in and plays well. They got Amber Amberson. They got Crotty. They've got right-handed defensemen in the organization. So do you turn to a, a def right-handed defenseman that's over 30 on the waning years of his career? Or do you look to your 22, 23, 24-year-old right-hander that you already have in the organization and, and try to develop him the way you want to? I, I'm sure that's part of the conversations that are going on. You also have to look at salary caps and, and money. And there's a there's a lot of factors to this. Unfortunately for JD, the longer this goes, the less likely I think that he's going to jump on with the team. Cause he's got, you got to be playing. 
So, yeah. you know, I, I hope the situation resolves itself quickly for him. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to him, so I don't even know where he is training right now or where he is. But um, I think this has got to happen quickly. Yeah, he, he's local. And I got to believe that, uh, you know, there's there's still a place for him. Look, a veteran, veteran defenseman are valuable. They're more valued probably as you go into the postseason. But I think J.D. is is understands his situation now where he's going to have to take – you know, maybe, maybe even the league minimum or something just above that to, to get a deal. Uh, so knowing yeah. that and, and, and knowing that you won't have to pay that much to get him, I, I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised that he doesn't have a job yet. Yeah, you're right. An experienced right-hand defenseman is still desired in this league. So, you know, hopefully it ends well for JD. I think he's still got some hockey left in him and, and hopefully it happens quickly and he's back on the ice. Oh, well, that wraps up our uh, check-in of all the former Coyotes. There is a lot of them, given the fact that this Coyotes team is pretty much all new faces. So it was bound to happen that there would be a lot of departing faces. We'll keep tabs on them um, all throughout the year. Of course, wishing the best for all of them. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us leave us a review. We would love to hear your thoughts, um, reviews, and ratings. Help us out. Follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore coyotes. Um, if you, you if you missed last night, we had in game analysis from PD on on the whiteboard. So a lot of great stuff on there. And, of course, become a member at gophnx.com to get access to all the amazing stories that Craig and the other awesome writers at PHNX are writing, as well as the members-only Discord, members' deals on merchandise, all all of the above. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow after the game. It's going to be a little bit different tomorrow. We'll be 30 minutes after the game ends, so bear with us on that one. But we will be there either for group therapy or a pack therapy as we're now calling it or um or hopefully maybe celebrating a win i don't know i'm trying to be hopeful (laughs) he may or may not be joining us yeah it's a surprise schedule permitting we'll see it's a surprise it'll be a surprise um (laughs) so stay tuned uh join us again tomorrow and uh any other final thoughts craig or pd they need a win yeah, <laughs> confidence. They just need to, you need to feel what that's like. They this this can't be another winless October. It's going to be really tough on the team if they don't get a win. Just a taste of it soon. Yep, agreed. Well, on that note, we'll we'll hope for a win and see you all tomorrow after the game. Have a good day, everyone.